Hello, welcome to a new episode of Grid Forward Chats. Today, guest host Misha Steiner of Offsense is going to be chatting with Jana Mosley, president of NMAX Power. They're going to cover a variety of key energy topics, including decarbonization, a changing workforce, and evolving grid capabilities. Take a listen. Hi, everybody. My name is Misha Steiner. I am your guest host today for the Grid Forward podcast. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Ausense, a leading digital energy platform for solving challenging energy problems and helping developers and data scientists rapidly build out new applications for the future of energy. I'm really excited today. Joining me is Jenna Mosley. Jenna, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to our discussion. As we start, briefly introduce yourself and let us know what led you to the role here at NMAX. Yeah, thank you, Misha, and thanks for having me today. Uh, so as you said, my name is Jana, and I am the president of NMAX Power, and I am accountable for the reliable operation of the City of Calgary's electric system. We have uh, over $2.5 billion worth of assets and 850 employees in NMAX Power. I love what I do because every day I get to align my personal purpose with the purpose of our organization to connect Calgarians to a clean future. And I have an amazing team that uh, helps us do that every day here in Calgary. That's amazing. Um, so congratulations on, on your recent uh, 2022 Calgary Women in Business Award. I'll Thank also you. point out that um, you know, you are uh, serving on the board of the Western Energy Institute, um, Women in Power and Women in Communication, uh, Women in Communication and Technology. So um, really thank you for, um, you know, being a woman in STEM and advocating for women in STEM. We need more of this and we need more great leaders. And so it's really exciting to have you here. Great. So before we start with the energy questions, maybe we could start with just a question that we like to ask everybody. We've had a pretty rough couple of years uh, as a society and a, and a pretty recent wild uh, few months. Before we dive in, um, how are you and how are the people at NMAX doing? Well, thanks for asking that. I am doing well and I believe our people are doing well uh, as well. Uh, it has been quite a ride over the last two years dealing with a pandemic and really leading an essential services operation through that. It was really important to us that we continued to provide safe and reliable service to all of our customers here in the city of Calgary and throughout Alberta and our customers in Maine as the larger NMAX family. Um, and it's been challenging. It's been hard on our people. Um, that our folks had to be out there, you know, with a lot of uncertainty early days, and we had to make sure that we were doing everything we could to keep them safe um, in all of that uncertainty. And I couldn't be more proud of how our team continued to adapt and evolve and make sure we were able to meet the needs of our customers and our communities while also keeping everybody safe and healthy. That's amazing. I, I think that utilities across North America have done a, a remarkable job in leading during this pandemic. And it's a real testament to the leadership. All right, let's talk about uh, some utility priorities. Alberta is quite unique uh, in, in the energy market in North America. Can you briefly explain for the listeners how, um, how you're structured, how NMAX is structured and NMAX's role in the, in the energy market? Yeah, so uh, we are a bit unique. So unlike most provinces in Canada, the Alberta government has never owned and operated a utility company. 
historically, Alberta was primarily served by three vertical integrated utilities uh, that covered the province in defined service territories and electrical rates were set by a central regulator uh, using a cost of service model. Today, uh, you have uh, the market that is fully deregulated as of 2001. Uh, and NMAX is a leading provider of electricity services, products, and solutions. We're headquartered here in Calgary, and we have operations across Alberta and Maine. Uh, we have three main subsidiaries, NMAX Power, uh, that I have the privilege of leading, and Versant Power, our transmission distribution business down in Maine. And then we also have um, our energy business, NMAX Energy. And through that entity, we own and operate over 1,500 megawatts of generation and offer a range of innovative electricity, natural gas, and energy services to more than 690,000 uh, residential, commercial, and industrial customers across all of Alberta. Fantastic, fantastic. Maybe you could share, you know, touching on that point, maybe you could share uh, a bit more about your customers and the communities you serve and how, and actually how they have been uh, the last couple of years and even more recently, you know, through the, through the recent events. Yeah, so we have customers in northern Maine and across Alberta, as I mentioned, and in all of these locations we operate, we've taken a thoughtful and cautious approach throughout the pandemic as we adapted to the changing public health circumstances. Our COVID protocols and our service offerings were balanced um, and they needed to consider the needs of our customers, but also our employees. And we really wanted to make sure we can continue to provide service to our customers while maintaining the health and safety of our teams. Not just physical safety either, Misha, it was really about psychological well-being as we've all realized through the pandemic. So, you know, this has been a challenging time for our customers um, in a variety of ways. There were payment deferral plans offered to give additional funding to our community partners uh, who have programs in place that can help uh, people who may be struggling to pay their utility bills and other basic needs. And then today, you can see certainly in Alberta with the price of, of fossil fuels that um, our, our customers who are uh, you know gas uh, customers of ours, they are, they are struggling right now, some of those customers. And so we're working closely with them to figure out how do we support them? How do we put um, education and energy efficiency tools in their hands uh, so that we can all together continue to manage electricity and uh, natural gas use? That's really fantastic to hear you working with the community to offer you know, equitable solutions um, to the community. That's really important for utilities and, and um, really a testament to the leadership that you bring to, you bring as well. Um, gas is an interesting topic nowadays, obviously. Um, maybe talking about um, you know market dynamics. Um, market dynamics seem to be driving the shift for an accelerated clean energy clean energy transition, not only in in your province but my province and and the states as well. Can you talk about what Nmax is doing among the unfolding energy transition as a as a decarbonized resource place? as you know an increasingly important impactful role this is a really exciting uh time for us as nmax and given all of the different areas of, in which uh, we offer services uh, we are committed to advancing a cleaner energy future for the benefit of our customers and the communities and our shareholder the city of calgary uh, this year we implemented an expanded approach to our sustainability efforts and reporting uh, you may have had a chance to see that, but we've set some new targets as it relates to the evolution of us as a future-oriented energy provider, really wanting to lead by example and, and support the changes we know need to happen across our, 
our industry to meet and uh, achieve the net zero by 2050 goal. Speaking of net zero by 2050, Canada has joined a long list of countries committed to reaching the net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Also include the introduction of the mandatory sales targets that would require 100% of all light duty vehicles, uh, light duty vehicle sales uh, to be zero emission. Um, and the same for medium and heavy duty vehicles by 2040. How do you think the how do you how do you think the energy tra- the energy transition will reshape the customer experience in in our industry in, in the future? Well, this is the big question that I think you know many of us are asking um, and spending time on these days. Uh, you know, I do think that electrification is likely to lead to increased electricity demand as it becomes a growing source of energy for customers, um, and that's going to add load to the existing grid. Uh, and we need to figure out how do we uh, adapt that grid, maximize the use of the existing grid to to minimize uh, cost increases, but also look at the total cost of ownership and look at the places where, yes, we may end up paying more, say, for electricity as we're relying on electrification, but we would be spending less, say, on on gas and other maintenance costs for, say, you know, internal combustion engine. So I do think that um, this is going to be an evolution. We need to continue the conversation and understand well, you know, what our customers are looking for. I do think that significant growth in renewables and managing bi-directional flow uh, from behind the meter distributed generation uh, could create some challenges with grid stability. So as we're all looking at electrification, um, we are also going to want to make sure that our uh, electricity is available to us anytime and any day. Nobody wants to plug in that EV overnight and wake up and realize that there had been a power outage and your vehicle is not ready to drive you to work or wherever you're going that day. So this is interesting. Um, So, you know, electrification is exciting, but also comes with some pressure for us as a utility. Um, but also some really great opportunities to innovate um, and look at, you know, how do we get creative around incentives, demand response management and efficiency. Fantastic. I think there's probably many that don't know how rich Alberta is in, in renewable energy already. Many see Alberta as a, um, you know, carbon-based uh, economy, um, but they don't realize that Alberta already leads in a lot of aspects of, of renewable energy generation, especially wind, of course, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, and NMAX is really looking forward to how we explore that space further as well. You know, 14% of our portfolio today is, um, you know, wind. And uh, we also have the cleanest fleet in the province of Alberta. I think we have been off coal since uh, 2016. Um, and we're just looking at how do we continue to um, you know, have our assets be uh, the cleanest assets um, that, that are available here in, in Alberta? And how do we partner with policymakers um, and customers and uh, other partners out there to continue to do that? Yeah, that's really fantastic to hear. I, I think, you know, speaking of, speaking of you know, the, the generation transition, infrastructure is a really hot topic right now uh, on both sides of the border, obviously. Um, can you share uh, a bit about how resources and initiatives at the federal level level in Canada, at, at the very least, are impacting the activities down to the provincial and, and local level that you're seeing? Well, I think what's really important is that we do need um, federal and provincial policy that is going to enable this clean energy future. So I think it's excellent that you know we're setting goals around this. 
um, and that focuses us all. But we are going to need enabling policy if we truly want to have a cleaner energy future while still being able to have reliable uh, system adequacy and power available to all of us. So to date, uh, we have been putting our resources towards pilot projects. They're going to help the industry understand and adapt to the new normal, better understand what our customers are looking for. So, for example, we have a pilot project right now you know, looking at our secondary network system, a more um, reliable system that we have that supports our downtown area and other utilities in North America have a similar system. And we are working um, with uh, one of our customers to enable two-way power flow on that very special system so that we can maximize that, that grid and they can put distributed energy on, you know, say, the top of malls or the top of their high-rise buildings downtown. So we're going to continue to focus on these pilots. There are several in, in the works, both in NMAX Energy, Versant Power, and NMAX Power. Um, but we are also going to be continuing to look to partner with policymakers on enabling um, policy and legislation. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think a topic that um, isn't well understood in in um, in common settings yet is the fact that two-way power flow is not as easy as just saying two-way power flow. You know, the grid was designed to operate one way. And I, I appreciate every utility that is making the initiatives to enable two-way power flow and transactive energy and, and these new initiatives around the, the future of energy. It is hard. It is really, really difficult. It is, it is a, a challenge and we still need to adhere to physics. Of, of the electrical system. so It's also exciting though, and it's a great opportunity really. to maximize the investment that we've all already made in our existing systems. And we have some of the brightest and best in the utility business and you know they collaborate well together. So I think that uh, together uh, we are going to figure this out and uh, we're gonna be able to minimize costs to customers as we uh, evolve together here. Absolutely, fantastic. So without getting too much into geopolitics, Alberta is known as an energy hub, like I just mentioned, you know, including the traditional fossil fossil fuels. Um, how did the pandemic impact those industries? And maybe more recently, how has the, the issue, the war in Ukraine impacted the local energy ecosystem? Well, certainly um, what we first saw through the pandemic uh, was we saw that um, where our, our load was centered around was changing. So, for example, um, we saw residential load increase. We saw commercial load decrease just, you know, with all of the restrictions and people working from home. Load has come back and um, it is back to the expected points um, in our forecast pre-pandemic. But we do see many challenges ahead, I think, as we look to invest and achieve the difficult goal of, of net zero by 2035 for electricity. Supply chain challenges um, that appeared during the pandemic um, are are on our watch list for sure. They don't seem to be improving. And that then certainly the war in Ukraine has had an added impact on concerns around supply chain and the, and the broader effects of that. Um, so that's going to make it a little more difficult to reach our net zero targets in an orderly way. Um, the other thing I would say around, um, you know, what's going on in, out east, the impact, given the fuel impact, just uh, with Alberta being a, a generation base that gas is the backbone of our system, that results in a significant price lift, which our customers are experiencing. And uh, while that may be good for generators, it's difficult for our customers. And so we need to continue to, continue to watch this and, 
and continue to partner every way that we can to to help us all achieve our goals here. Yeah, that is tough for customers for sure. Maybe maybe that's a good uh, segue into talking about uh, a little bit about modernization and grid modernization. And what what is Nmax's um, top of list um, considerations for grid moder- modernization now and in the future? You know, it's interesting when you ask that question, because I could go to all of the neat, exciting things that we're doing, and we certainly have them, you know, EV charging, um, upgrading our outage management systems, demand side management, uh, electric vehicle fleet. Uh, we have a goal by 2035 to have, to, by 2030, excuse me, to have 100% of our own vehicle fleet be electric, um, working with manufacturers to pilot some of that right now. Um, but at the same time, I think, Misha, I go back to the basics, the fundamentals, and it's safety, reliability, and affordability. So while all those other things are exciting, uh, when I think about the foundational success, we need to be able to do this safely. It comes first, always for our employees and communities. Uh, reliability, as I mentioned earlier, all of this new technology is exciting, um, but I believe it's going to bring higher expectations around reliability. And so we need to pay attention to that. And we also, um, as we're enabling things like you mentioned, two-way power flow, uh, which is really important to enable customers to export back onto the grid, and particularly with renewables, we also need to make sure that uh, we aren't doing something to to the reliability of the system um, in terms of making that worse for customers. And then on the affordability question, which everybody has on their minds, um, how do we make this transition, particularly where we have aging infrastructure and we need to continue to maintain that infrastructure because we still need the backbone, um, but we also need to bring on all of this other new technology in an affordable way. So. Those three, those three core fundamentals are on my mind. That's that's really really important. All of those are really really important, and so um, I'm not sure I envy your role. You know, it's a challenging challenging role for sure. What role do you think advanced policy and regulations play for ensuring a future where where these distributed energy resources have a significant role? I, you know, we touched on policy mm-hmm. already. Um, but regulations are also important. So maybe you could touch on, on you know, how both of those interact with each other and, and help, help you make this transition for your customers. Yeah, I think, you know, to put it simply, it will be extremely challenging to operate effectively for our customers in the future if there is not significant change in policy and regulation in Alberta over the next five years. Uh, New policy and regulation will will need to provide clear incentives to achieve specific outcomes, such as long-term affordability, emissions reductions, as our communities electrify their businesses, homes, and transportation systems. Um, I think that prolific adoption of um, distributed energy resources creates an opportunity for us to plan and operate our grid differently. As I mentioned, maximizing the use of our existing assets, but while also utilizing customer-owned distributed energy resources to supply grid services. But uh, to do that, you know, we need to be able to not just invest in electricity assets, but perhaps invest in electricity services as well. Um, And that is different than the model we operate in today. Um, And so I think we have opportunity and I think we need to partner and and not try to just have our regulator figure it out, not just have policymakers figure it out, but together 
uh, collaborate on the best options as we make this transition. Great, great. You obviously clearly see that there is an increased interest in in, in your customer base um, from 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 listening to you in this, and maybe the wider industry to you know expand electrification and probably the thing that most customers think about when we expand electrification is uh, electrified transport. That's a really easy one <laughs> for, for everyone to understand. Um, do you, do you feel that this is, this trend is going to play a significant impact in, in the work that you are doing? And then thinking about that, how are you preparing your system for a day when, you know, a significant number of electric vehicles are present in your system, maybe maybe more than 50% in the not too distant future. Well, yes, and certainly with the um, projections um, and goals that the federal government has set around vehicle manufacturing, um, we do see that um, while we're in the early stage of EV adoption here in Alberta, we do anticipate steady growth ahead. And we know that utilities like NMAX will play a critical role in enabling that. Uh, we are preparing for the growth of electric vehicles to ensure we can meet this demand um, and looking at what that means for Calgary's grid. So today in Calgary, there's around 3,000 EVs on the roads, and we project that by 2035, that number could climb to, say, 200,000. And, you know, this is a projection that we're constantly renewing as you've got new policy coming out. So uh, that's something we keep a close eye on. We are preparing for this growth by studying the adoption uh, we have a pilot project going on right now. Uh, we started in 2019, and in that first phase, we learned that most drivers charge their vehicles at 5 p.m., which also coincides with peak electricity system demand. And so we're looking now in the second phase is if, you know, if we can change that load to char- you know, coming later in the evening when demand is lower, um, we would be able to make better use of our existing system and reduce the need to upgrade equipment to meet charging demand. So now we're looking at what motivates drivers to shift uh, to off-peak times um, and see if we can uh, influence co- consumer behavior. And then we'll use that um, as we're looking at options around policy and regulation with, with the provincial government and our regulator here in Alberta. I think that you know just by changing charging times, we can accommodate more EVs in residential areas without having to make additional investments in our own system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shifting peak load is, is one of the key um, the key, um, you know, figures to unlock in, in this transition for sure. Um, so do you, do you find that, uh, your customers are asking, are, are changing their ask, uh, from you and, and does your operating model comfortably allow you to provide what they're looking for today? Or, or, you know, is that something that you're working on changing in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, we continue to have these conversations with our customers, I would say, you know, first and foremost, um, customers are still looking for reliable electricity. It's very important to them. It's an essential need. But, you know, not far behind that, of course, is affordability and service. And I think, you know, if you take that a step further, um, and I think we could all say this as consumers, our expectations around digital platforms and digital access has really shifted and evolved. And so, you know, we as a utility need to not compare ourselves necessarily to other utilities, but we need to be comparing ourselves to other big competitors out there in other spaces like the banks and what are they doing around customer you know, satisfaction and customer experience. And I think, you know, ATV is a great example of, you know, how they shifted 
and how people are able to interact with them via an app, never even going into a bank, really changed a lot of the expectations we all have now for other uh, services that we receive from other types of industries. So we need to continue to look at uh, serving our customers in a different way. There are higher priorities even around our environmental and social goals. Um, and we continue to work towards eliminating barriers for vulnerable customers that could impact or inhibit access to safe and reliable, affordable energy, and uh, doing that through programs and resources and partnerships. So that's a major focus of ours um, as we look forward to continue to partner with communities and customers to both be advancing in the environmental realm, but also from a social and governance perspective. Yeah, fantastic. I think you know, you've touched on that a couple of times, just the equitable offering to your customer base is, is really critical. And maybe maybe it's a good segue to, to talk about leadership. What drives you to do the work that you do and make the kind of impact that you and the organization are having? I think it starts with purpose, um, you know, for me personally and for those in our organization. It is excellent to be able to align your personal purpose with your organization's purpose. And I have the privilege of getting to do that each and every day. I get to serve uh, the, not only the employees in our in our organization, but the people in our community. And so that, you know, that's first and foremost for me. I mentioned people. Um, it really is about our people and our customers as people. Um, this is, uh, you know, my number one focus and the, how you serve them, of course, is by, by getting results, by creating value and capturing value for that shareholder of yours. So I want to make sure that we're making an impact, um, both for people's lives within our company, um, but also for people in our community. And Max is incredibly focused on that. And I feel very lucky to get to work here. That's fantastic to hear. So we know that this industry is heavily male dominated and what, would you recommend for the industry or what what does the industry need to do to increase diversity not only amongst leadership but amongst its workforce and among the various skills and areas that uh, the utilities need in in the future i think this is on all of our minds um i think we'd all agree that diverse teams make better teams and we really see that within our organization um, as we have diversity of thought, experience, age, and gender, and backgrounds. We just really get to better outcomes. We're asking different questions. So I think, you know, as, as utilities, we need to stay committed to that. We need to be looking at, in all areas of our work, looking at our business practices, how we attract and retain and grow team members, and how do we engage our customers and communities? And are we representative um, of that community in which we're serving? Do they see themselves in us when they look at our leadership team, when they look at the folks coming out to serve them? Um, you know, I think tar setting targets is important. Um, you're seeing a lot of that these days, which I think is excellent. We have some targets for ourselves as a company. Um, we're completing a third party assessment of our HR policies, for example, to look at opportunities to remove bias. Um, and make sure that we're promoting equal access to opportunities. 100% of our senior leaders, directors and above, uh, have completed inclusive leadership training. Um, and, you know, we're really looking across the board um, at things like uh, language, for example. Starting in 2020, our NMAX Energy team began offering customer care solutions in over 300 languages, and we've received great feedback from that. So I really think keep it, we have to think big. We have to open our minds up to all of the different opportunities and really include diverse contributors as we're thinking about our diversity and inclusion and belonging uh, practices. Really great to hear. One challenge that I often hear from our customers 
and those in the industry is attracting talent. It's not only an issue for us that are leading tech companies, but also the utilities. Um, of course, we deal with a lot of uh, developers and data scientists and and there's a lot of attractive work out there. So what do you think utilities need to do to attract the kind of talent that you need to really meet the changes that are that are coming ahead? Not just engineering, but all types of roles and positions uh, within the organization. Well, I think, you know, we started talking about it. I think, uh, I do believe if you can see it, you can be it. So um, I think we need to have diverse representation of our own organization. If we have kind of one or two groups represented in all of the people people see on our websites and all the people they see at conferences, we're going to be missing uh, out on a whole group of uh, many groups of people in term- that would bring um, innovation and creativity. Uh, we need to be sparking that innovation uh, mindset because we know that creates value and we need to encourage an engaged culture. Um, one, and we know that engaged cultures are, have proven to be safer cultures. So I think that's incredibly important in the high risk work of the utility business. I do think that the pandemic has, um, you know, encouraged all of us to rethink about, you know, how we work as well. And I do think we're going to need to be open to greater flexibility in the way we work moving forward again, so we can be open to having all types of people uh, contribute to our organization. So um, I think the pandemic showed us that we can be productive working from home. And I know at NMAX, we're, we're returning to a hybrid model. Uh, people will have the opportunity to work in the office and work at, at home on different days of the week and a lot of other flexible options uh, given uh, where we live and the lives that we all lead. So I think as organizations, we need to be open. We need to ask, hear what people are looking for, uh, be out there you know, at the ground level as well with new talent in universities and colleges and tech schools um, and just keep an open mind. Yeah, and shout out to the uh, the PLTs, the power line technicians that have no choice but to come in and you know be out in the field and keep the lights on for for all of us. Really dangerous job, but really important job. All the jobs are important, but you know the PLTs um, really do really do uh, amazing work. We talked a lot about reliability and affordability um, and equitable equitable energy access. How do you think utilities can work even better than they do today? You know, a lot of utilities I work with are very collaborative, but how can they be even more collaborative, share ideas in a more impactful way? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one we challenge ourselves with, you know, with our utility peers. Um, You know, I think we naturally can all get really busy and get focused in our own organizations. um, And we need to continue to put collaboration at the top of our list Um, and make it a priority. We as an industry have to modernize. I think that, you know, utilities will play a core piece of that, but also regulators need to be um, part of that collaboration. Um, There's an important role here for our regulators to play in enabling these technology trends that utilities need to be able to um, meet. And so I think that the more we can align as utilities and uh, advocate and educate policymakers and regulators, Uh, the better off we'll be. And so uh, I think we do a good job at sharing information and innovation and pilot outcomes through innovation hubs, Um, but there are so many players in the mix. So I do think we need to be quite deliberate about it um, and really focus our energies in the right places, whether that's through the Canadian Electricity Association, or I guess it's Electricity Canada now. Um, We have an Alberta Smart Goods Consortium 
Um, and we have all sorts of other opportunities in our industry to partner. And I do think we need to take a partner mindset um, in both um, you know, our generation and our uh, wires businesses here as we move forward. Well, thank you for that. Jenna, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. It was a sincere pleasure speaking with you and interviewing you for this podcast. Um, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me.